0: And verse 6, Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate of the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal kill and destroy i have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest and it's very very important that we know who the thieves and robbers are because a lot of us uh, what we commonly think is it's the devil and yes the devil is a thief and a robber and the reason why we think this is because of peter first uh, first peter chapter five verse eight we don't have to jump there but uh, it's the verse that talks about how the devil comes he prowls like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour You know, so he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's why we tend to think when we hear the terms thieves and robbers, oh, it must be the devil. But in this context, it's not referring to the devils at all. It actually refers to people among us. (laughs) People among us. So within the church, people that associate themselves, people that call themselves Christian. These are the thieves and robbers. The thieves are very sneaky. They'll come in the congregation and they'll, you know, plant little seeds, little traps. Hoping that you'll fall into it, while robbers on the other hand will come in by violence and pretty much take what they want and tell you what they want you to do. Those are thieves and robbers. And we need to be we need to learn how to distinguish both of them or to distinguish truth and then the thieves and robbers. Because those thieves and robbers come in messy. They come in messy. They like to cause trouble and they tend to think that they're like the biggest thing ever. I think we've heard it multiple times, and a lot of us know that there's some people that like to come in the church and go like, man, I know better than the pastor. I can lead the church better. But then you start to ask them, how many disciples have you made? And they've made zero. Are they then, re- are, are they then qualified to run a church just because they say they are able to run a church, just because they think they're better, that they can run a church better than the pastor of the church? But even that, you know, we need to attest the people teaching us, the people preaching to us, because we cannot just simply listen and then uh, expect that they are teaching us the truth, which is why I'm telling you, you need to be in your Bible. It's important to learn the gospel. It's it's important to ask people about the gospel. Hey, do you believe it? Hey, pastor, do you believe in salvation? Hey, pastor, do you believe that Jesus resurrected You guys may think that these questions are uh, irrelevant questions, but there's a lot of preachers, and not only in the United States, but throughout the country, that do not believe in the resurrection, that do not believe in Jesus, they don't believe in miracles, and some there's even some preachers in the church that do not believe in God, that do not believe in God. It's important to be able to distinguish this, because you don't want to learn from someone that has no knowledge of the Bible and then teaches you something ridiculous, you need to be able to ask these questions to them. Because in John 10:1, like it says there, who the thieves and robbers are, the Pharisees. And for those of you that do not know who Pharisees are, during this time of the Old Testament, Pharisees are religious people. There are people that are supposed to know better. But Jesus is telling them that you are the thieves and robbers and that they do not understand So we need to be able to distinguish what is truth and what is false. And for example, you know, uh, last year when I was still in Bible college, there was a professor, and TJ knows who I'm talking about. I just don't remember the professor by name, but even if I did, I wouldn't say it. But there was a professor that said that he believed that Mormons can be saved. TJ knows who I'm talking about. And literally all, all of my classmates from SUM, they said, what? Well, that's so weird. No, What? And they would start to debate the professor. Professor, what do you mean? What do you mean? And that's the way we need to be with our teachers. We need to be able, we need to ask them questions. We need to be be able to know what they mean by (laughs) Mormons can be saved. And obviously, it's from the Bible. We instantly think, hey, that's not true. That's false. You know, uh, if he believes this, then there must be more false teachings in his teachings. And then next thing you know, it escalated. But another example that I really want to show you was this, uh, this pastor in Canada, a Canadian preacher who does, doesn't believe in God. A C- Canadian preacher that doesn't believe in God. And just reading this article, she pretty much talks about how she's in this big church uh, for the longest time. She was ordained there. Some of the, I was going to say vows, but pretty much the words to be ordained she said that she would never repeat it because she practically doesn't believe it. And then if you keep reading, um, let's see if I can find it. This is my church, Mrs. Vosper 60. The United Church made me who I am. Imagine coming into church on Sunday and P. Joe saying that everybody sitting here, you guys made me who I am. Dude, that, that would throw us off so quick because it's not the church that made him but it's god that made him It's god working through him and it's god's church it's not it's it's not her church but it is god's church so when you hear stuff like this it's the church who made me who i am it's you guys who made me who i am you need to start questioning these things because these are a red flag Some of you might uh, not even think or just play it off as normal. And if you start playing it off as normal, that's a dangerous thing. You start getting to dangerous territories where as soon as people start teaching a a false gospel, you will follow it. You will follow it. And next thing you know, you're going to be doing the same thing. You're going to be teaching people and teaching people the wrong gospel. But that's not the gospel. If it's not a gospel that's teaching that Jesus Christ is Lord, our Savior, that he died and resurrected for our sins, then we're in a dangerous place but we need to be able to keep those teachings we need to be able to distinguish it which is why I'm going to keep on emphasizing it read your bibles read your bibles know your bibles because if I start debating you guys and I just start saying some random things especially if you don't know your bible you guys might believe me for all I know you know at one point because I didn't know my Bible. This was embarrassing. But I actually told a youth, maybe Jesus did sin, and we just didn't know. But the gospel says that Jesus did never sinned. Okay, so I had to repent when I said that, because I was teaching a false gospel at that point. But literally, the Bible just continues to go on about who the thieves and robbers, because Jesus starts to debate the Pharisees and who they really are. So obviously, uh, when we start, to, when we read the Bible, we read it in its context. We, we we see the chapters, we see the verses, but back in the day, there were no chapters, there's no verses, there were no commas, no periods, and it was written in Greek and Hebrew. So obviously, it was almost like reading one whole book with no chapters, punctuation, etc. So if we went back to uh, chapter nine, from verse thirty-nine in our words, it says. For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see, and those who will see become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him or heard him say this and asked, What are we blind to? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you have claimed that you can see, the guilt remains. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. So, uh, he, the pharisees are around because at this end chapter nine for those of you that know jesus healed a blind man and when he healed the blind man the pharisees come around they start questioning hey, whoa what happened over here that was crazy and they, they think it's a magic trick they think it's fake and they start asking jesus They start questioning jesus they don't believe in him they practically don't believe that he is the son of god and pretty much say are we sin because of sin or are we blind i'm sorry Are we blind because of sin? Jesus is telling them that they're already blind because they're thieves and robbers in the pen claiming that they are Christians but yet corrupting the rest of the sheep that want to lead the sheep astray from him. And Jesus is very clear that there's no other way through the sheep pen, that there's no other way to get to God but through him, the one gate. There's only one gate in the sheep pen and it's through Jesus Christ. And then if we go even further back to John 8... Here we go, John 8, 37. So, for those of you that don't know, during this time, this whole time, it's taking place during the the Feast of Tabernacle. And for those of you that don't know what the Feast of Tabernacle is, it's a week-long festival that they have during this time about celebrating the, what was it? Celebrating the week-long, it's a week-long, and they celebrate the 40-year journey that the Israelites took through the wilderness, and, Jesus, and there's a lot of Pharisees here, a lot of religious people. And Jesus gets into a debate with these religious people. And this is what he tells them. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the Son of Man sets you free, you will be freed indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants. He lets them know, I know you're Abraham's descendants. Because at this point, there's Pharisees that are talking big. You know, I'm, I'm descendant of Abraham. I'm good, man. You can't tell me. You can't tell me anything because I'm good. I know the Mosaic law. I know 613 laws, and I'm good. Yet you are looking for a way to kill me. That's what he tells him. You say that you are a descendant of Abraham, but yet you're looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you that I have seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, the Pharisees say. If you are Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. And as you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I have heard from God, Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. And then it gets even more serious. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I have come from God. I have come on my own. God sent me. Why is this a language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. Just like uh, the sheep that are not a part of the sheep pen that try to get in another way, they don't know the voice of Jesus. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires, which is why they also come to steal, kill, and destroy, because they have the same desires of their father. And if we're not careful... That's what they're going to do. And it may seem something small. It may become something small, but it may become a huge thing and become messy, and it will result in in short terms. Hell, it will result in hell. But we need to be careful, friends. We need to be able to distinguish who our leaders is, because this lady of Osper, she be crazy. She says, where is she at? where is it where is it where is it i was reading this article right here this is what they do in their church if you've seen this in their church and you thought this was okay then i pray for you and for the churches that do do this they need to be caught out on it the 60s in the united church the first church to ordain transgender ministers and its leadership supported abortion and same-sex union before either either became legal in canada So they were already doing things that were unholy, that weren't legal, and they're okay with it. This huge church and its people being okay with it. When you start to preach another gospel and you don't know the actual gospel, the truth, the word of God, you will then call something like this the gospel because you don't know no better cuz you're not in your bible because you aren't stuttering you're studying because you aren't going to life groups because you're not coming to elevate so when people tell you stupid stuff like this you tend to believe it and i'm not saying that you do believe it i pray to god that you don't and if you do i'll pray for you and uh, we'll rebuke you and then teach you the truth amen? amen amen but we need to stray away from this we need to stray away from this because The Pharisees, literally, when we go back to John chapter 9, what was it? John 9, 16, there we go. When we start to go to 9, 16, like I said, the Pharisees tend to think that they know big because uh, they're descendants of Abraham. But literally, they don't know the law. They don't know the Mosaic law because it says here in verse 16, after he healed him, the Pharisees are talking amongst themselves, I'm uh, pretty much saying that this is weird. I don't think it's uh, this guy's from God. He's saying that he's the son of man, but this guy is tweaking. And they say because they know the law that Jesus sent. It says that some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. And they're saying this because on the Sabbath, Jesus healed a blind man. It's still taking around the time of the festival the tabernacle. So they tend to say, hey, you broke the law. You broke the law. All, you broke one law out of 613 and you broke it long story short that law that they say that jesus broke is a false law a law that they made up a man-made law that is not from god they're telling jesus you broke a law a mosaic law but yet it is not a part of the mosaic law did jesus sin then no it's ridiculous so we need to be careful though people may say it comes from the bible you need to test their word. If they start saying crazy stuff like Jesus said, you need to give me this church. That doesn't sound like Jesus because the gospel would not say <laughs> Give me that Jesus said to give you this church. If anything, if you were to run the church, the gospel would say you worked for it, you, you became ordained for it, your leaders thought you fit to run a church. But for someone to come in and say, hey, this church is mine, or they start saying blasphemous things, because we've had people come in with blasphemous th- things, it's crazy because we had this one person come in here and then they say that God sent them. And that God told him to take one of our leaders because he needed to disciple him. And I thought it was so ridiculous because how can you come in here, say that Jesus sent you, and then you say that Jesus said that he, you need to disciple one of our, our elders. I think he wasn't, yes, he was an elder. Say that you, Jesus sent you to come in to disciple one of our elders because God called him. And then he pretty much said that every other leader within the church, he didn't see fit at all to be discipled. By him because he felt that God called him and only him and to call that leader to be discipled but then he pretty much said that prejo lauren etc all these wonderful leaders in our church that he was saying that God told him that they were not fit but only that one person that he God put on his heart and that was so blasphemous so blasphemous I saw that guy leave the church and get banned from it so quick it was not it was funny it was funny and not funny at the same time because I pray for his heart that he does know the truth. But we need to call our brothers and sisters in that. So we need to, like I said, the audience. The audience is the Pharisees. And these are people who are supposed to know better, but they don't. They tend to make things up. And we need to know that. We need to be sure of that because even people within the church uh, there's people within the church that will tell you false things. And if you see that, you, need to, you know what you need to tell them? You need to tell them to get another job because this job ain't for them. You need to tell them that, hey, if you're not going to teach me the gospel, I don't want you in this position. I want you to be teaching me the truth. I want you to teach me that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus resurrected and he died for my sins and that I am made new through him. If you're not doing this, then you're okay and you're in the red flag zone and you, you will be, <laughs> the thief will do what he's supposed to do. He will steal from you and kill from, he will kill you. He will kill you and take away everything that is precious. And you cannot live life to the fullest if you do not understand the gospel, if you cannot distinguish gospels. You need to be able to recognize the voice of Jesus, and it's through speakers as well. So I would hope, because I'm reading from the Bible and showing you the Bible and teaching you the Bible, that you hear Jesus' voice working in me. But if it was only my my voice, I would hope that you guys would be able to distinguish that it is not me, and you shouldn't listen to me. If it's all if it's cry if it's the voice of Christ, listen to it. If it is not the voice of Christ, stay away from it, just like sheep's would if it wasn't the shepherd. Because what happens is if you start listening to other people who are not the shepherd, it says in John ten and following. John ten verses. 11 and onward. I am the good shepherd. The good sheep lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not a shepherd. It does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So many pe- There are so many people, so many preachers, so many teachers that will teach you and act like they love you. But when worse comes to worse, they will drop you like a ball because they do not care about you. They can care less about you. They care about themselves like Vosper does. The church made her. So she cares about the church. But if the church doesn't care about her, then she's going to drop the church because it's all about her. It's all about leaders like that. It is not a good thing to see that. So it is our responsibility to be able to find a good teacher, a good preacher. A good 101 disciple like TJ, Will, Catherine, Daryl, my wife, Joby, Karina, these are people that will teach you the gospel and teach you truth. They will not make up something out of their pocket. They will not pull something out of their back pocket and tell you, the Bible says you need to give me all your worldly things, your PS5, your makeup. He says, give me all your money in your pocket. Our leaders will not preach you a false gospel like this, where they start to make things up. Unlike the Pharisees who would, they'll make up laws. They'll lie to you, and I would hope that you never get to a place where you are like this, where people are corrupting you. Because obviously it says in First uh, Corinthians verses, 50, well, not verses, chapter 15, verse 33, just verse 33, that bad company corrupts good character, and that's the same case within uh, with being a teacher that does not care for you. So, in closing, if I could have the worship team on up. And then we're going to finish reading out the rest of the, the chapter. Or not the rest of the chapter, but the rest of this half of the chapter. I'm a good shepherd. I know my sheep. And my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have no other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also that they too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock, one shepherd. One flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down for my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority To take it up again, this command I received from my father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. So the Pharisees, of course. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So you see the two different you see the two different audiences distinguishing what he's saying. You see the thieves and robbers who are calling him a de- demon and saying that he's mad, they he's saying stuff up that how is it possible that this random guy off the street heal a blind man? And then you have people saying, well, the, sa- the saints he's saying it's not totally false. and it's like he's pretty much saying, can someone who heals a blind man really be possessed by a demon? And this person, obviously, I don't know because it doesn't name him by name or continues to speak about this individual that's asking this question. Is distinguishing what Jesus did and said based off the Bible, based off the truth that has already been spoken. But then the others, literally, they're going based off their feelings. No, this can't be true. You know, I'm a descendant of Abraham. I know better. This ain't right. He's a demon that's not the case that is not the case he does not know his word clearly he does not know the voice of god he does not he does not do what abraham would would do abraham knows the voice of god abraham will go up to jesus he probably hugged jesus for all i know and be safe this is the shepherd that leads me and the sheep pen that leads me out the gate and in the gate that watches over me that does not run away when the wolves come ready to devour me but yet but de- defends me from the wolves while Vosper as soon as the wolf comes she runs away and lets me die if we could all stand up in closing if I can have my altar workers on up so there's uh, multiple lessons that could be learned here today so we need to be able to learn who the thieves and robbers are And the rebuke is if you're not reading your Bible and you don't know the truth, you need to start reading your Bible. Because the fact that you're not reading your Bible is a big issue and a red flag. Reading the Bible keeps us devoted to God. We get to learn His Word. We get to learn the voice of God. If you're not reading your Bible, then I could surely tell you, you probably do not know the voice of God. And it is not an okay thing. Of course, we have our altar call workers here. We have Will and Cielo as of now. So... Any females that want to go with yellow, go with yellow, And then males with Will, of course. But it needs to be a consistent thing where we learn that we are able to distinguish uh, truth and a false word. We, can, we can't let our pride uh, take advantage of us and we just start making things up. But we need to go back to the word of God every time and distinguish what Jesus said. So during this time, like I said, if you feel need to repent for teaching a false gospel or not reading your word, or if you need help to be devoted to God and your word, come up to one of these leaders. If you need a Bible plan to help you learn how to read the Bible, we will teach you. You can go on the Bible app and they have... Bible plans for you. You know, I actually did start the Bible, the year Bible plan on the Bible app, which is a, a plan that a lot of people do. And if you want to do it, then do it. Get Just get in the Word. It is important that you learn the Word, that you distinguish the Word, so that when people come with false accusations, you're able to say, that's the devil right there. That's the son of the devil. And I hope this encouraged you because I... I tend to do this. I want to be able to distinguish the word of God not only by reading the Bible but reading other false words. So I'm actually also reading the Quran. I'm starting to read the Quran and and man, that stuff's intense. It's so demonic. It's so evil. It is so wicked. And I pray that someone preaches to you the Quran that you know that it is not of God and that you correct them right there and then. So let us all close our eyes and bow our heads. Lord, I just thank you, God, for this time, God. I pray, God, for the youth, God, that do not read their Bibles, God. That they just take advantage of reading the Bibles, God. It's so sad to see it, God, that here in a place of freedom, God, we're able to read the Bible freely, God, in public, God. And nothing happened to us, God. But yet in the Middle East, God, in places where Christianity is banned, God, if we were to read the Bible in public, God, or people even knew if we were reading the Bible in public, God, they would want to execute us, God. God, how can we call ourselves Christians if we don't even want to read the Bible, God? Not that it keeps not that it makes us saved. But I pray that we're using it as a tool, God, for our advantage, God, to learn your voice, to hear your voice, God. God, I don't want to just hear your voice, God, and just from simple sermons, God, but I also want to hear your voice because I'm reading your word, God, because I'm knowing the truth, Jesus. Oh, You guys can start.